guilty consumer. Welcome. Happy Plastic Free July. Uh, sorry about the huge gaps between episodes and thank you for staying with me. It is Andrea Fox here, host of the Age of Plastic podcast, an environmental podcast about reducing your plastic and doing things more sustainably. As always, we'll have an eco life hack on the way after today's guest, our first ever guest talking about sustainable products just for kids. It's taken a while, but we finally got there. Uh, Today, we're going to be hearing from Martine and Hester from Close, formerly Close Parent. And yes, we talk poo. And a first in reusable nappies. First up though, Close, formerly Close Parent. Uh, They're a brand that create good ideas for great parents, selling reusable baby items. So things like reusable nappies, as well as carriers, swimwear, and lots for kids' messy playtimes too, amongst much more. They launched in 2004, were featured in a Channel 4 show in 2007, rebranded as Close in 2011, and so much more since then, including winning awards. So when I spoke to Martine and Hester, we went right back to the start and I asked them, why did you first start the brand and what was the driving force behind it? If you could take me right back to the start, like how did you decide to come up with Close? Okay, well, um, so basically... Uh, 22 years ago when I had my first baby um, and started using thank you (laughs) and um, started using nappies and automatically chose disposable nappies because that's what everybody did then um, and just couldn't believe the amount of waste I was producing um, on a daily basis so I just thought it was awful and that there must be something better and actually at the time um, before the days of internet even and home shopping google shopping um you know, you had to look at these little adverts in the back of magazines. So I decided I would like to set up a business to sell reusable nappies and make them more accessible and make them kind of like the norm because at the time they just weren't. Um, Lots of my friends didn't have a clue about them. My parents didn't know about them. Everyone thought I was crazy, but I really wanted to to bring it this as an issue to the fore about the whole waste stream, that it just seemed crazy. So that's how I set up with the nappies. Um, and then met my then business partner in 2004, um, Claire, who went on the Channel 4 programme, um, and she did baby carriers. And so we thought it would be a great thing to join the, the two companies together um, and, uh, and then focus on environmentally friendly items plus um, the carriers, which really are about being close to baby. So, and, and then it gradually evolved from there. So Hester joined us in 2007, redesigned the nappies, um, which you know she did a great job of and they made them what they are now and then continued to um, start to develop the other products which sat alongside it and really brought in all the other reusable things that we could use with the same materials just to be as um, effective as possible and, yeah. and and create that brand so amazing evolved a lot since then a lot I know. yeah <laughs> I mean I think of 2011 uh, or even 2007 when you joined Hester is not that long ago <laughs> I know I know yeah, so, so it depends on which day of the week you ask us I think <laughs> sometimes it feels like forever and then other days it just feels like it's gone past in a flash yeah would you, would you agree Martin definitely, definitely. yeah <laughs> and how did how did you go about designing the reusable nappies then Hester uh, well, when I joined, as uh, Martin said, it was there was a quite a period of change within the industry, and it, it was quite evident to us all that within a short period of time that, that things were moving in a different direction, um, slightly in terms of the product 
design and how things were evolving. Um, and as kind of new materials became available and better techniques, obviously that gap in terms of performance was closing and people were, were innovating. And that was quite clear that we needed to kind of head in that direction. So I set about doing that from scratch, really. Um, it's not, it's actually not where I've come from. I've come from business development side of things and some um, small kind of design projects in the medical market, but not um, obviously in textiles and soft goods. So it was a learning curve for us all. I just think that's so fun though. And to, and to really get into it and uh, we're going to chat in a second about like how you source the materials and the sustainability of that. But um, I just think that's amazing. Ever since that time, I've become obsessed with materials and, uh, you know, stitches per centimetre and how we go about making things and improving things. So it was really from an organic process from the ground up out need really more than anything um, yeah. of wanting to evolve as a company and stay in that market and be one of the people leading um, innovation really and I think we've done that yeah. and I think what I love about is the fact that you know 20 years ago I just I remember saying to my husband wouldn't it be amazing right if these nappies were available in places like boots or next or you know and and these days they are slowly times have slowly caught up with that way of thinking and you know the last um the last year or so has really um you know we can talk more about it but has really come come to the fore with reusables um so it's great to see that finally things are as i really hoped they would be 20 years ago it's funny isn't it people somebody said to me the other day oh you've timed it just right with kind of the business <laughs> thinking we were a startup and i was like yeah but we've been doing this and you know for like 15 plus years <laughs> it's kind of like martine was an early early adopter let's say <laughs> so um let's delve into that a little bit then what what do you think sort of changed in the industry and what what sort of changes have you seen and do you think have sort of um been the big sort of things that bring reusables to people's minds more i think there was obviously a number of factors and the last um few years with um be built people being able to research on the internet that's been Initially, the biggest thing, because going back years when we were doing baby shows, for instance, we'd attend a baby show, we'd have all the nappies there and customers would come along and kind of go, well, what are they? So you'd explain what they are and, you know, they might think about it or they might not. Whereas these days you can go to a baby show and everybody's done their research. They know what they're looking for. They just want to touch and feel it. Um, and so that obviously, it, you know, over the past few years, it's made a difference. But then I think over the past year specifically all the um the documentaries about plastic that the awareness. Has made, the awareness has just changed exponentially i think and really you know when you look at nappies they're four percent of the waste stream they're a huge issue and anybody with a baby in nappies just knows just the amount of waste they create we throw away in the uk alone um eight million disposable nappies every day that's huge. That's enormous. Um, and if you think that an average baby goes through four to 5,000 nappy changes from birth to potty, if you compare 5,000 disposable nappies compared to 20 reusable ones, the difference you can make to the environment is immense, really. Yeah. Um, so, and the compromise is less now, far less. You know, yeah. pe people, you know, back in the 70s when the last kind of explosion, like, excuse the pun, kind of in, in reusable nappies was, and when people were using terries and the outer plastic pants and things, that, there was a compromise there. They had to be boiled. There was a lot more of an investment in time. Now, with, with modern cloth nappies, they function far more closely you know, to a disposable in terms of you know, how they go, how they fit, how they go on in one, one step. They wash on a normal cycle, um, and you don't even need to 
kind of soak them it's, it's dry storing mostly these days so there's less of a compromise too so I was listening to some of your podcasts and um, a recent guest said he had a, a very new baby and that actually he was finding this was the one issue he had, that he was getting leaks. And what I would say is that actually you shouldn't get leaks. There's normally only a couple of reasons why you would get leaks and they are normally able to be overcome. So as it's, a fit, it's generally a fit issue, really. more. Yeah, fit or absorbency. Yeah. And so as a business, we really want to support our customers. And if you're having problems, we always say, come to us, talk to us, and we will go to the nth degree we will want photos we will want to help when every you know any possible way we can so i think there is that um that expectation that actually oh maybe they're not as good and if i'm having problems well that's just how it is and actually it shouldn't be that way no definitely not that's quite that's quite comforting to hear i suppose for anyone who's considering them who's like a new parent at home listening to this i'll get you on to dan from everyday plastic do that <laughs> we can help him um but let's let's go on to them for anyone who like me doesn't have kids and thinks you know it's a terry towel with a safety pin in that's not what they're like these days talk about the design and how it works um, so so there, you can still use a terry nappies with a kind of nappy nipper um, and a two-part system. And, you know, there is still definitely a place for those. There, That is probably the most economical way to go into cloth. But for those that kind of the psychological and the, the barriers are kind of the functionality and and having something easy to use, then modern cloth nappies come in lots of different kind of designs now. We always set out from the start. Um, and, and it's always one of our design objectives is to to be a little bit different. So we were probably one of the first kind of uh, all in two systems. And what that means is basically the nappy goes on in one piece, but it breaks down. So you have an absorbent part and a waterproof part that go together nicely. Um, and it's all designed and it fits together and it goes onto baby in one piece. Uh, just we've even, you know, Poppins even got stretchy tabs. Um, we have a Velcro which makes it super, super easy. And we have a proper option for kind of longevity and parents that are looking for more to, to use it for more, more children and things. So it's, it, it's radically kind of um, radically changed and Poppins quite different and what sets it apart. I suppose uh, a few key features we don't, many of the nappies are pocket nappies so that the absorbency stuffs inside the nappy ours lays on top of the, of the waterproof layer and goes on. Um, and we have a double leg gusset um, also, that's just, which really, really helps with containment. As Martine said, it's probably, uh, I think if you kind of do any research and reviews, we're one of the most reliable, definitely, nappies on the market. It is described as a bomb-proof nappy, isn't it? It is, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, in that, particularly in that, it's, you, you've mentioned it, so I can bring up the word, but <laughs> in that kind of uh, early newborn explosive poo stage, I mean, the performance that you will get from, from popping and a reusable nappy totally outperforms um, a disposable. You would not see um, these awful, horrendous things that you see, obviously, on the internet with baby being held up and it's over their shoulders, in their hair, in their ear. Um, that just doesn't happen with reusables. Do you even have, there's also like a biodegradable um, section you can put in as well if, if, suppose, if you're on the go and that is not available? Is that how that works? Well, we have um, a, flush, a, a biodegradable, I shouldn't say flushable, sorry, a biodegradable liner that is um, like a paper. It's, it's made of cornstarch, actually, um, and that it is compostable. But that with that, any kind of solid poos you can pick out of the nappy, like they, they, you know, you can just literally 
let it go down the toilet mm. um, and that gets rid of the, the messiness in the in the main so that so really they're, they're a lot cleaner than you yeah think. that's what most parents uh, concern is of course they it's go poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to deal with um yeah and then they're compostable or yeah you can put it in the waste stream so and, and modern, most modern nappies, we, we still have sh- size systems, if you like, but most of them are birth to potty. So we have um, a birth to potty system that will go sort of from eight, nine pounds up to 35 pounds and it grows with baby. And we have then a newborn specific system um, that we've designed to, to bridge that gap really from birth beyond up to that birth to potty sizing. So for us, we have kind of two products in main products in the nappy. And then really when, you know, people want to know about how to look after them and really they are really straightforward. So once you've taken the nappy off the baby, compared to a disposable where you take the nappy off, you put it in the bin, you simply take the nappy off, get rid of the poo down the toilet and then put it in the wash. You know, that's all you're doing. It's, it's not difficult. Yeah. It's just getting into that routine and, and changing your mindset, really. It's finding your stride, really, in that extra washing. I mean, there is obviously extra washing, but I mean, everybody knows, every parent knows that the, the washing machines can generally going on a constant basis in those first few months anyway um and that's obviously when you're doing the most washing and the most changes yeah and it does feel like um probably more uh economical in terms of money like nappies are expensive yes yeah you can save up to around about 500 pounds um by using reusable nappies obviously depends on the system and the, the figures that we kind of quote are quite historical aren't they i mean the last yeah. kind of lca report i think was 2007 so things have moved on but so not that long ago as we've done <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah um so so actually you know it's it's around that figure or or even upwards really mm-hmm. to be honest with you about 60 percent probably over the cost of standard disposables and you talk about um, the materials being really important to you on the website. So how did you go about sourcing suppliers and making sure that that, were, that sustainability was something that was going to definitely be a part of your company and product? Yeah, I mean, we've been using, we were probably one of the, the first again to start using um, bamboo derived kind of materials in the nappies for absorbency reasons uh, and other reasons actually because it's so fast growing um, it doesn't require pesticides so it's almost naturally organic in its original form yeah it takes so, over as well doesn't it yeah exactly <laughs> um it uses less water so basically um we've been using that for a long time and then this this year we've kind of been made huge steps in in moving towards um more sustainable materials and kind of leading the field if you like we've we've now introduced for 2020 all of our um, polyester so all of our laminate is made from our PET which is a low impact polyester that is actually made from repurposed water bottles. Yes I was going to mention this because I saw it on the website and I was like that's such a it's such an easy win for you isn't it what a great product to be using. Absolutely because like it's obviously um it's diverting it's repurposing and diverting not only nappies now but but also plastic water bottles of which like 60 million are thrown away daily so it's it's a big kind of win in that perspective for us and every time somebody pops in and used to pop in for a full-time basis they're they're diverting 50 bottles it's two and a half and it's 20 nappies so it's 50 bottles from landfill or worse you know because a lot of them end up in the ocean as we know um and aren't discarded you know properly so we've moved to that and that's across not only the poppy nappies but across our swimwear um, and other products in the range as well and then we had we launched in april the 
probably it's a first stop hopping and it's definitely a first for reusables in general we we've been trying to look at um how we can take the next step in terms of laminates and um environmental impact so we use a, a tpu laminate which is a very low impact plastic if you like anyway but actually we've now we've, we've launched and we and we have in the marketplace um a bio laminate outer shell so the laminate is actually uh, standard laminate but it's also it has 20 to 30 percent of a bio plant source which replaces um the standard so it reduces the the impact on um non-renewable fuel sources if you like f to make that plastic so it can be it's kind of up to um 48 percent less greenhouse gases for example it produces an up to 46 percent less non-renewable -re energy in that nappy so we, we were kind of the, the first to, to launch it in, in April. So that's another kind of big step for us, really, in terms of sustainability and materials. And we'll keep on pushing forward with, with that yeah. wherever we can. And I do love how you um, break down some of the products, like you just mentioned, the 50 water bottles that are saved in certain items. Um, do you think like the plastic problem and climate change is so big and vast, it's quite hard for people to imagine? Definitely. Yeah. I think like Martine quoting the figures on how much is thrown away um, in, in the UK and how much kind of each, each baby uses. I mean, it's, it's hard for people to visualise, isn't it, to 5,000 nappies. But um, when... Was it 130 bin bags? 132 or something like that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Full of nappies. It's, yeah. which, is, which, which is huge, isn't it? Um, it is huge. And I think, I think it is... It feels like a, a problem that is so hard to tackle, but all you can do, I think, is do little steps, little changes. And, you know, what we say to customers is that even if you buy one nappy and use one nappy a day, you're still saving, you know, two and a half years worth, you're still saving disposables going to landfill. So anything that you can do to lessen your impact can only help. Um, and, you know, repurposing water bottles is brilliant ultimately it'd be great if people stopped using the water bottles in the first place <laughs> yes absolutely having created this problem let's try and do something to and to, to to help you know lessen the impact of the problem so yeah it's just those little steps you know you've got to take really i think that's a brilliant point martin like it is just little steps you can't change everything about your home and your life all at once um and i think i remember seeing a documentary on disposable nappies being turned into like kitty kitty litter i don't know why i just said kitty a cat litter um but it took so much energy to like wash everything and burn everything and then turn it into a pulp i was like this is just yeah and i mean there are you know way to solve this problem like exactly that's the thing i mean they talk about incinerating nappies instead well yes but then you have to um have somebody go collect all those disposable nappies you've got waste involved in the um the the, the transport to the incinerator you've it just it to me that is just not the solution the solution yeah. is Let's look at the problem, uh, its original form. How do we um, do it a different way? And this is a different way that's not difficult to do and that everybody can, can have a go at, you know. I also wanted to ask if you think it's quite difficult for parents just to avoid plastic at all when they have kids. It seems to be ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It does. Yeah. And I think partly that's um, just trying to really think about the alternatives and thinking about, okay, does my child really need this plastic toy? Actually, mine quite often were happy with, you know, the pots and pans out of the cupboard and, it, you know, they were. <laughs> I remember my early drumming career. You've just reminded me. <laughs> 
So I think it just is about trying not to get caught up in that consumerism. And I think what lockdown has showed us is that, if, you know, if nothing else, we don't need the kind of consumerism that we that we have had in the past and that we can all make do with a bit less. Mm-hmm. And when it's not available and it's hard to buy, we seem to manage. Yes. So, yeah. And I think it has created a, hopefully a per- permanent shift in this period of reflection and really looking at kind of the impact we're having. Um, I think it has hopefully created that permanent shift. Yeah. Fingers crossed. There's a lot of fast fashion brands now rushing to get us to spend all of our all of our money in their sales, even though they haven't been paying garment workers. It's just let's not start this cycle again, seems to be what so many people are thinking and, and putting out there, which is really encouraging. But um, we are obviously in a time of COVID. Um, so how how has it affected you like business-wise, um, just both of you yourself, if you don't mind sharing how, how you're all coping? I mean, I think it was scary at the beginning to try and understand how it was going to affect us. We didn't know. Um, when they talked about shutting businesses, we thought, do we shut? Are we supposed to shut? We don't know. But we're a small company. We've got a small warehouse um, with only a couple of staff in there. So we knew we could um, socially distance. Safely kind of carry on, yeah. Um, everybody else could work from home. So literally, I was the only person in the office and um, a couple of people in the warehouse. Uh, and where people used to pop in and out all the time, the delivery drivers, the milkmen, the couriers, everybody used to pop in. Nobody does. Um, so it was a, a very safely done. And that meant we could continue. Um, and when they said, you know, that, that um, home deliveries were okay to continue, we were very happy that we could. Because apart from anything, it was really important to some of our customers. Um, when you think of those early days and people trying to even get into supermarkets queuing for hours and finding nothing on the shelves people were struggling to even buy disposable nappies so and I think that made a lot of customers really start to look at the options and consider reusables as an alternative so actually it was really important for us as a business to keep going and keep getting products out there that were so important to people it's pretty essential right you know yeah they really are essentials breast pads you know as a as a new mum breast pads and nappies for baby are huge essentials and as martin rightly said that that whole period was super scary for parents that you know first time parents especially that were facing kind of empty shelves um and it did definitely shine a spotlight on the reusables and the the really kind of fundamental basic kind of feature and benefit is that you don't run out of them once you've invested in them, they're there and you use them from birth to potty and you don't need to have that consumable item or delivered or collect that kind of product throughout that period. So, um, we, and we were overwhelmed with, uh, demand and it wasn't just us. I mean, we had a community schemes, we had nappy libraries that we have, they're a national kind of network um, who we have uh, a lot of contact with. The really important kind of grassroots side of things um, were in dire straits. I mean, they were being bombarded with requests, people panicking because they couldn't get nappies for their baby that was coming or had arrived. So we, we, were literally we went yeah. around the warehouse finding yeah. anything that we could find that we could donate, spare stock, um, extra stock, anything that we thought, actually, this could help somebody. We pulled it all together and, and you put it out on social media, didn't you, Hester? Yeah. And we had and a huge overwhelming response, really overwhelming response. So, but we were able to get them to the people that needed them. Um, it was several hundred nappies and wipes and things. And they've gone to good, you know, there was community projects popping up all the time for people that were 
you know, in that situation or um, disadvantaged families, you know, that could just didn't have the money because they've been, you know, lost their jobs or furloughed and things like that. So it was great, actually. It was really nice to kind of be able to help when we could. Yeah. You do quite a bit of um, charity work, one for the planet as well as the um, Council Nappy support as well, which is all on your website, isn't it? Yeah, the one percent yeah. planet was the um, as a response to obviously, you know, we we brought in some nice endangered prints and things like that just to try and highlight it, highlight mm-hmm. you know everything that we've been seeing about um, in terms of the the wildlife around us, the problems. So yeah, we wanted to do the one percent for the planet to show support and to try and and highlight it environmentally. Yeah, so it's a great global scheme, and you know they have a wonderful network of non for profits that are all busy working, giving back, kind of protecting the environment of these animals and raising awareness of the loss of habitat and the, the pollution issues. A lot of, it, lot of it is down to pollution. So um, it's, it's been something we've been so glad that we did um, and it's worked really well. And, you know, people, people like to know that they're, they're doing their small bit as well mm. in helping out. Yeah. I, I, I wonder as well whether it starts any conversations with kids um, because I remember someone on a, another environmental podcast I listened to saying she nearly got like her niece or nephew um, a book with a koala on it, but they just had the wildfires, and she was like, "Oh, like is that like maybe this is the way he'll learn, or maybe he's not ready for this?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. We had um, we did do kind of a, um, a postcard, a downloadable postcard with the first um, prints, and it's maybe something we should re- repeat actually, so that they could download. And we always share lots of facts behind the animals and the characters that we have in the prints to help kind of drive that awareness. Um, so that and parents obviously can then talk to talk to the children about it, colour in the postcards, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we had facts on there. Would you say that's one of your favourite products? Then do you have like a favourite product in the ranges that you do? Is it like a favourite child? <laughs> yeah, they're all babies for sure. <laughs> I think the new puffin, the new puffin print range is my yeah. favourite because apart from the fact that it's a really cute print, I think the waterproofing issue and the um, how environmentally friendly you can make the waterproofing on any product, not just ours, is, is, is like the next step. That's been the next big issue to try and tackle. So for me, the fact that we've been able to do that in an environmentally, more environmentally friendly way is a really good step in the right direction. So yeah, that's my favourite, Puffin. That's your favourite. I don't know if I could choose. I have lots. <laughs> um, I think Poppins are obviously, the Poppin up is close to my heart, but um, we have, you know, we have some great products. I love the breast pads. I think they're just such an easy swap for parents to make. There's no consideration there whatsoever. I mean, they're using by using ours, they're using probably you know six pairs or or so of of reusable breast pads instead of maybe seven hundred or a thousand disposable pads. Mm. Um, and they perform incredibly well. They're super easy, and the, the barriers that are maybe there as a reusable product with you know nappies and sanitary they just don't really exist with a with a breast pad yeah. so i think it's you know it's something that many more people can kind of do and hopefully will do um, yeah. in, in the future and a friend of mine actually um revealed recently that she uses them as reusable makeup removers the same with our wipes actually so we all um we all have them for face cloths and makeup removing they're just amazing really good (laughs) um 
we were talking about obviously about COVID nineteen and. Um, I've had friends who've had babies or are expecting now and it's a difficult time I think to be going through something that's life-changing when maybe you're going to be apart from loved ones a little bit longer depending on your circumstances. So have you got any like top tips for parents right now whether it's for just on a basis of you know newborn new parents or whether it's COVID-19 related? Personally I think um, obviously social media has just really come into its own during covid um it's something everybody's done anyway but it's just been even more um of a connector i think in these times so for me uh, when you've got a, a brand new baby it's all about connections um and finding somebody on the same wavelength as you finding somebody going through the same issues as you're going through so social media really is i, I know that's probably what that's not i don't know how helpful that is because probably everybody does it but it's it's really about finding your your people I think and you know people in the same situation as you going through the same things at the same time and making those connections to try and support with you know everything that you're going through um I think just that's even more important at this time and you know when I had my babies a while ago um it was about you know literally physically turning up to a clinic and meeting other mums and and now it's just so much easier to do that online that I think it's great I think thankfully we are you know we do see that happening and there's those communities, you know, if they weren't if they weren't part of them, I think they have become part of them because when you haven't got that immediate network around you of support, um, as Martin said, I think it's just those kind of connections with with other new parents are really important, as well as keeping connections with your family because obviously it's so hard. I mean, imagine not seeing you know your grandchild for four months, you know, they're four months before you see them. It's it's really really difficult for for everybody. Change. I think. You know? oh, it's a hard. It's it's such a it's a, such an emo- emotional roller coaster for for parents anyway to go through. Exciting, but but emotional. And then to add this in, um, yeah, I've really we both said it before. We really felt for new parents. I mean, not being you know being quite scary at that time. It was scary for everybody, but for them, I think particularly, um, very scary to think about going into this period and to go into hospital. You know, if you if you're that's your chosen kind of. Um, birth plan to be in hospital and to give birth birth during this period too with a mask on concern exactly there's so many concerns um, but i think um I, I think actually a really important thing to remember is that your baby just needs mainly you and if you've got the essentials and you've got you know reusable nappies so you don't have to go out and you've got the, the basics that you need you don't need a lot for a baby i think um when you around a baby what? show there are so so much stuff you could buy for a baby and people think they need all this stuff and actually you don't. If you've got a good baby carrier and a good nappy, actually, you've got pretty much most things you need. And yeah. just not to worry. Let's not worry about being perfect. Let's not worry about doing everything you think you should be doing. It's just about getting through the day all in one piece at the end of it and all happy. And you're far, you know, well, maybe happy is the wrong word, but that you've survived the day. Surviving, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Life isn't perfect. No, and it's, it is... It has, it's your own journey and it is individual and it probably won't ever be the same twice. So I think it's, um, I think as Martin said, it's remembering that and just keeping, keeping close really um, with your own little network and with little one. 
I think that's a really lovely note to end on. But we always ask our guests two questions, guys, so don't go anywhere just yet. Um, Plastic is a useful item. I think it has been revolutionary in some areas. We're just using it in the wrong way. So I do always like to ask our guests their favourite non-single-use item that has some plastic in, please. (laughs) Who'd like to go first? Well, I think, I have to say, it's a bit sad, but my sandwich wrapper, I've had it for a few years and I think it must have a little bit of waterproofing on the inside because it's lasted so well. But it's a really pretty thing to wrap my sandwiches in and I love it and I use it every single day. So I have to say that's probably my favourite. I think I've got one of those, yeah. <laughs> I think it does have a bit of plastic in I didn't think about I think, that. <laughs> you can get beeswax ones now, but I just, it, I've just yeah. had it for so many years and used it. So I, I do love it and it will stay with me for sure. Yeah. I think for me, probably it's um, it's reusable insulated cup. So I probably have I have a clean canteen, but I'm not in. I love which I love, but I'm not sure, entirely sure. It's maybe a bit of plastic coating on the outside. But also recently re- discovered R cups. Um, they're made of recycled plastic uh, disposable cups, um, and I love that too. So I like I like the repurposing of that. Yes, exactly. If it's out there, I mean, this is the one thing I always say. Why not just ban virgin plastic? Yeah, yeah. then everybody. Yeah. These, the, like you say, all those products can be made from, you know, ocean plastic, yeah. plastic bottles. Yeah, we, I think we should that, win. So. You know, we need a massive shift in so many ways. But when you look at what COVID has done, it's shown us that we can create massive shifts. We can do it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really... And people adapt. Yeah, we will adapt. So I think it's... It's not easy to do, but we really need to put a lot of thought into how we can create change. Yeah. And hasn't it hasn't it been nice to see clear, clean, sort of clear skies and hear the birds singing every more and more? <laughs> I think everybody's enjoyed it and their local kind of environment and wildlife. So yeah, yeah, I've definitely been enjoying going to parks and sitting outside in parks. I don't think I did that once last summer. <laughs> um, and as living right near a very busy road. Uh, a tube, the DLR, and under the flight path of London City Airport. Yes. Been quite wow. Quite a <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it will never be the same again, will it? I think no. it's, but it's been nice to enjoy it all, I think. I mean, it's the same. We've, we've explored our local area in here sort of some more than six years and done walks and things on our doorstep that we've never done. Yeah. It's that thing of like time and this whole like being busy and productive all the yeah, time. I think a lot of people have been forced to stop, which in obviously this is awful. People have died. It's it's terrible. Yeah. But if there's a silver lining, I think that's probably it. You know, people being able to do those things. Yeah. Um, on to our final question then. Uh, your environmental hero, please, both. I, there are obviously so many out there, but I actually I'd like to fly the flag for the local guys. So people who locally set up schemes and all sorts of interesting things. So for instance, in Hartford, where I live, um, there's um, a charity called Mudlarks um, and they support people like adults with learning disabilities and mental health issues. Um, But they have allotments where they spend every day growing fruit and veg and then they use that in the local cafe. So they've got this amazing cafe where it's definitely plastic free, um, where everything's environmentally friendly, where the food is all locally grown, locally sourced. And they have things like food swaps. um, And I, I just think people who, you know, have the creativity to come up with those kind of amazing schemes, they're my heroes for sure. Oh, that's a lovely one. We can't all be David Attenborough, can we? No, again, it comes back to little, 
little yeah. website. Yeah, change what you can, where you live. Yeah. Hester, what about I like you? that one. I, I would actually say mine's more of a cliche because I think the for just the reach um, that something, you know, that the Attenborough effect and things has had and the, after the last series went out of the Blue Planet 2, etc. you know, to hear the stats of people saying that, you know, up to 53% of people have reduced their single-use plastic after seeing that aired. Yeah. I think that's in one single kind of, act if you like has had the biggest impact in the last mm. 24 months yeah. of changing people's habits you know it's 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 made the european union ban um single-use plastic it's even got the queen stopping using it within her estate you know everybody kind of sat up and and took note and it it, it struck a chord with so many people both home and abroad and i just think that that, that has had such the ripples of that have been global and i think that's mm. amazing Lovely Martine and Hester there. So nice to chat to them on what was one of the hottest days of the year. Uh, I don't think you can hear the sweating, though. If you want to check out their products, closeparents.com is where to head. Just a reminder as well, as it is Plastic Free July, they're offering 15% off nappy packs as well as essential reusables across the month with a free gift of reusable wipes worth £14. That's all to, and I quote, get you into cloth on a full-time basis. So check out closeparent.com and I'll put their website and all their socials in the podcast show notes wherever you are listening right now. Okay, on to Eco Life Hack. Well, here in the UK, we're being asked to get out into the community and spend, but also stay home and stay alert. And oh, I'm confused. A gentle reminder that whatever your friends, your family, your MP or your Prime Minister are saying, we are all so much more than just consumers. So put your money with smaller companies who are more sustainable and ethical where you can. And as always, we've reached the end of the episode, so it's time for me to tell you. If you want to tell me that you love the podcast, if you want to say you've got a guest suggestion for me, you've got an eco life hack to share, then the contact details are in the show notes. Don't be a stranger. We are going to take a break. I know, another one. But I will be back with six guests across six weeks. I know, what a treat. Altogether, we're going to call it season three of the Age of Plastic podcast. But until then, wear a mask, reusable if you can, wash your hands, and I'll chat to you soon.